And I'll fly, I'll fly, I'll fly like a cannonballer, like a cannonballer. <laughs> well, that's a gal who thinks that words don't have enough syllables already, <laughs> Leah Michelle. And if it's what I drunkenly screamed into the night air as I tossed all my old love letters into the Gowanus, then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And uh, here we are, though, today, over in the land that time forgot, the Philadelphia of the North, <laughs> as no one calls it, probably, Sunnyside, Queens, at the home of comedian, artist, and person I once sat next to while eating a steak sandwich, Mr. Doogie Horner. How are you, Doogie? I'm good, Dale. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be here. <clears throat> it's good to be here, too, in my, in my house. Yeah, you're just settling in, right? Yeah, um, my wife and I moved here six months ago. Six months ago, so. down there from Philadelphia. Yep, that's right. And uh, does it feel does it feel like like back there at all? No, it's very different. New York is really different. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for an hour. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> different names. Uh, all the streets, different names. Completely different buildings. All different people. Everything. Subway's different. Subway's the same. It's identical. That's the weird part. That's, that's, that's... So inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it must be fe- it must feel good to be living in a place that turned out so many greats in our industry. Ethel Merman, one of right. one of our mutual heroes, yeah. probably Perry Como, close friend, and a, a fellow a Philadelphian, former Philadelphian, uh, the great Nancy Walker. Yeah, yeah, you, you remember her? Mm-hmm. She a bounty bounty paper towels lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And others. I mean, she was an accomplished actress. Yeah, a lot of people... I don't mean to be reductionary in her career. Yeah, yeah. She's dead, though, so what's she going to do? Beautiful um, dancer. She was a spectacular. I'll never forget. um, She was one of the uh, wise men in the nativity, and um, really good. The dancing nativity. Yeah. Yes. Boy, they had a good run with that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was three three shows. Yeah. (laughs) But if you caught them... Oh, it just lived forever yeah, in your was, mind, didn't it? It was really great. <laughs> well, now, I was reading an interview with you, and they were uh, asking you, uh, since you were voted funniest in Philadelphia, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, it's a PH yeah. on funniest. Yeah. They love that down there, don't they? Yeah, every chance we get, <laughs> Fanatic. replace an F with a PH. <laughs> it's, it's, it never gets old. No, no. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic. But uh, uh, they're making a point. They, oh, they were making the point that um, you've done great for yourself down there. Uh-huh. You were the king, really, of the comedy scene, weren't you? On top of the world. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was good. And you said, I, you know, my life is great. I have no desire to move to New York. Yes. And here we are. I said that multiple times. <laughs> it was getting really annoying. In every interview I would do, they'd be like, so why do you still... First of all, they would be like, why do you still... Like, when I did America's Got Talent, every interview after that, they'd be like, why are you still doing design? Why don't you quit your job? And then people would be like, why are you still living in Philadelphia? Why don't you move to New York or L.A.? And it was getting pretty annoying. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about moving to New York or L.A., but I didn't want to move unless um, my wife had a job here. Yeah. Because, I mean, our personal happiness is more important than, you know, and then also it was like, well, I enjoyed my job, and then also it's like, I don't know, people have this idea that you move to New York or L.A., and then all of a sudden things start happening for you. It rains gold. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, life is life, and you, you know, in Philadelphia, it's like you were, 
you still you could do your thing wherever you want. Now, you know that there are a lot of differences, and there's more opportunities, or there's more stage time, or there's whatever. But um, yeah, people ask me that a lot, and it was getting really annoying. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> that's kind of, they kind of have a chip on their shoulder, though, don't they? Uh, who Philly? Philadelphia. Kind of. I'm making a sweeping generalization, but uh-huh. but I think that's true. There's sometimes. Well, why do you want to stay here? You know? Oh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people talk about that, too. They say that, like, Philadelphia has a chip on their shoulder, and I don't know if that's true. I mean, I've only, I haven't been in New York too long, but I've definitely seen, met more really rude people in New York than in Philadelphia. Well, you should go to L.A. Really? <laughs> the people here are so kind. I mean, I think in general, like, people here, like, if you, like, actually meet them and are talking yeah. to them, they're normal. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times when you're... Just on the street or on the sub or sure. in rush hour, like people are not rude, but they're just like, get out of my, you know, get out of the way, you know, like you have to, you're in a rush and it's crowded yeah. and stuff. You so. gotta get with the program. A lot but, of people going to open mics. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know why people say that like Philadelphians are rude, because I don't really experience that. I think they're demanding. Let me say that. Okay. I demand you to explain that. What do you mean? <laughs> I think that. Uh, 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 especially in the kind of creative uh, side of things, they, they'll like it, they'll appreciate it, but you gotta kind of work for it a little bit. Oh, you mean as an audience? Yeah, just like as yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I you guess... better get to you better you, you gotta earn it. Get to the point. You gotta earn it. They <laughs> yeah. boo they boo the teams they like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they gotta work for it. Yeah, I guess you can't really know. take stuff for granted there. Yeah, but I think it's I the know. same way It's been way a long here. time since I actually <laughs> lived like, there. I've actually never been there, and this is all hearsay. <laughs> I hope to go. <laughs> <laughs> I only know what I read no, in I Stuart up. Little. <laughs> in that chapter where he's... No. But, you know, we're talking general. Let's get specific to, to you and, and, and find out some things about you from my audience that may not be familiar with you. Because I know you're a global sensation, but some people still haven't <laughs> discovered it yet. Yeah, you'd be shocked how many people don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> He said, petting his dog on his lap. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I got, yeah, I have a small white lap dog in my lap that I'm stroking right now. It's my dog, Toby. Yes, and we're happy that you're here, Toby. That's wonderful. Uh, now, you grew up outside of Bethlehem, in Allentown, is that? Uh, yeah, I grew up in, well, actually, we, we started in Bethlehem, and then we moved to the country. We lived at the base of the Blue Mountain in Klecknersville. Which is an happening scene there. The happening, it's a hot. Because um, my dad flew ultralights, which are like uh, really small airplanes. Oh. <clears throat> and um, so he bought nine acres, and the, our backyard was an airstrip. And so he would fly to take off and land over that. Over That's that all house. you need? What's you that? You just need a large backyard to start an airport? Well, it's so it's ultralights. It's you don't have to have a pilot's license. You you can sit in it. It's so for people. Yeah, you sit in it, but they're just very light. They're like, like a courier system. What would it be? A, a courier system. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do in there? Oh, you just fly around. Like you go up in the air and you fly around. You land but a different. Would he airport. take other people there? Just himself. Uh, he no. You can. Uh, yeah, he had some two seaters. We would fly together. <clears throat> you can really. But that's a business. That's no, you just do it for fun. Oh, was his okay. hobby. Oh, I misunderstood. He dropped things. No, no, that was his hobby. So he and he still does. Is he still around? Still does that? He doesn't do it anymore. He's too old now. Right. He, had a, he had a couple so strokes he, and he young can't man's fly game, I guess. Yeah, but you don't need a license. You can just you don't need a license, work. and you just work on them yourself. And is you it do, aluminum. Do what's, it the, what's the material? So uh, they, so there's differences between different ultralights. They all. 
basically use hollow aluminum tubing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then the cover, that's the structure. And then the cover is either Dacron fabric, Dacron, which is like this synthetic material, or like something. Fiberglass kind of thing. No, it's like nylon. Oh. And then like some fabric. Yeah, it's fabric. And then some people use canvas and they'll they'll wax the canvas, but he didn't we didn't like wax canvas cuz it's heavy. So we used Dacron on our on ours. Sounds uh, Some of them are made of wood. Those are heavy too. <laughs> wood. Like the Wright brothers. Like the Wright brothers. I think the Wright, Wright brothers was a wood frame with um <clears throat> fabric fabric stretched on the outside. Man, I don't know if I'd go up in one of those. <clears throat> but you say oh, it's fun? A lot of people would say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really fun. I mean, it's like pretty crazy cuz like it's small. A lot of them like there's no real cockpit like you're just out in the open and you can look right down through your feet and when it takes off it takes off suddenly like you're going you're going and all of a sudden boom you're in the air yeah like you can the feel there's how light is, is is you know when you're in it and um it's really cool it was a lot of, it's a lot of fun <laughs> and uh, what what did your mother do uh she was just a house mommy yeah like a mom and so, and but he had a job too to support this oh. light, <laughs> ultra light uh, passion yeah yeah uh, he was director of international sales and marketing at Braun Medical. So he oh. sold medical hardware, um, IV units, and things like that. Huh. Medical stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, it's okay with you? <laughs> yeah. That's fine? <laughs> I, think that, I think that's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. And, what, and just paint the picture for me. Was it kind of a... So you moved around a little bit, but was it... The house that you recall, or the houses that you recall growing up, mm -hmm. kind of a woodsy 50s uh, thing, or more of a like colonial uh, stone walk-in fireplace kind of a deal? Our house in the country was brand new. We, we built it because that was like an empty lot. Oh, that's rare in Pennsylvania, isn't it? Um, I feel like those other things are the two things that you commonly find there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had to because he, like, he needed a lot. You know, he needed the space for the thing, so it was just... Really built around his passion. Yeah. It was just a normal... It was a normal suburb house. I think it was a split level. Like all our houses were just kind of normal, suburban, you know, carpeting. I, I understand. Well, that's wonderful. And did you do? Do you go to the to the? Did you do any Amish field trips as a kid? I never interacted with the Amish. No, you stayed. You never stay saw away. Stay far away. You you th you know they exist though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never went out to Lancaster though. Never. Never. Oh, uh, I mean, now that I'm older, I've been there. For the outlets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Want to save some money yeah. on a pair of cargo pants? That's right. From two seasons ago. Yeah, that's the place to do it. Well, I and mean, what, what, what's general? How was it? What was it like growing up there? In the country, you had plenty of space, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I would just bike around. There was like it was, it was really it was really beautiful out there, and there wasn't much to do, so I would just bike. I would just bike around. Um, I get lost a lot and I'd be like, oh shit, I'm lost again. <laughs> and some, sometimes I couldn't, I'd have to just go to a house and, be, and call my parents and be like, hey, I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, they gave you some space to run around then. Yeah. We had dirt bikes, go-karts. Um, yeah. I mean, I was always into art. I was, so I would just draw a lot and I was, I was a pretty solitary kid. Well, that's, uh, that often leads to that kind of a path, doesn't it? Who grew into a solitary man. <laughs> hey, Doogie, you're kind of a solitary uh, artsy loner. What were you like when you were a kid? Well, uh, surprisingly, I played a lot of team sports. I was extremely popular. Captain of the football team. Yep. Yep. And the cheerleading squad. Uh, 
Well, that's it. I mean, that, that's why I ask some of those questions because often exactly who we are then. Is, yeah, is who you, we don't, you don't change. You really don't change that much, do you? And that's true in a relationship too. If you get in there thinking I'm going to change this person, this yeah. it's not going to happen. You better settle in because that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you split up. That's fine. But uh, something you want to talk about? Uh, oh, I've talked about. <laughs> it. It's been well documented. <laughs> you can't change Dale. <laughs> Uh, but you, well, yeah, as you said, you knew you wanted to get into art. Was that was that kind of obvious? What were you doing? Filling sketchbooks, comic books at the time? Yeah, I was always into art. I always drew cartoons, and I read a lot of cartoon books. You know, like Calvin and Hobbes and um, uh, Burke Breathed and The Far Side and stuff like that. They were hugely influential. Those those mm-hmm. those three really owned that. Uh, what I nineties or so, mm-hmm. late eighties, nineties, right? Yeah, Bloom County, Calvin and Hobbes, and Farside. Just dominated. Mm-hmm. They were great. You read the back of that, or you read the, the comics when they came to the in the paper? Mm-hmm. That was Sunday. You looked forward to that? Yeah, I mostly got, I would get the collections, though, because in the paper, they're not very good quality, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. No, I... <laughs> uh, my dog is eating crumbs off the table, right? Toby's looking forward He's to like... licking the microphone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I drew a lot. I, I always drew a lot. Mostly comics. Did you invent your own characters? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I pretty much only drew like comics and cartoons. I didn't. What's do what too was much. the what was your what was your gang? What was the? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. They were so. <laughs> there was. They were all bad guys. I didn't draw any good guys. Really? Yeah. My drawings were like troubling. <laughs> like all my teachers when I was in kindergarten, my teacher called my mom in, and she said, "Hi, uh, we got a few things to talk about. Uh, your son uh, regarding your son's artwork." Uh, he's a very active, very active artist. Uh, does a lot more drawings than anybody else. Uh, he only uses two colors in his drawings, brown and black. And none of his little people are smiling. Huh. Like, you know how, like, when, you, when you're a kid, you draw a face, it's a circle, yeah. two dots, and then a smiley? You know, an upturned uh, half circle for the, yep. the smiling mouth. My mouths were all just a straight line. And so they thought that this meant Indifferent. that I was fucked up or something, right? But so they were like... Why are you doing this? And I said, well, I only use brown and black because, like, I'm mostly drawing, like, people and stuff. And, like, if you look at the world around you, it's not, like, crazy colors. It's, like, the crayons they give you are, like, bright yellow, bright red. I'm like, how many things are actually that color? I'm mostly drawing people and things. They're mostly brown and black. Or if if I have 12 colors to choose from. Yeah. And then the reason I made the mouths a straight line is because that's what mouths look like. Like, how often is your mouth a half circle? Like, Right. Even you were a keen extreme. observer of the human condition even then. And I that was the answer I gave them. And I thought, oh, now they'll know I'm not fucked up. And they still just, <laughs> they, they didn't, they, they in their mind, they're like, this kid's trouble. You got marked. Yeah. You got a little note put in your file. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I was a teenager, it was all just drawings of like people fighting each other and killing and a lot of weird shit. A lot of lasers and things? No Are lasers. There, no lasers. No lasers. <laughs> Toby, hey. You preferred to keep it in the real, in the brown and black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real. Yeah, keep it real, brown and black. <laughs> a lot of fraud. <laughs> Drawing a lot of fraud interactions and kind of like small time. Yeah, we draw a lot of, lot of, lot of violence, but like white collar. Yeah. So embezzlement. The man sitting at a desk, like, what's he doing? Embezzling, embezzling funds. <laughs> you mean the guy with the straight line for him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a suspicious character. <laughs> He's... He's moving some funds into a personal account. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, that begs the question, you have a good prom? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I did. It was fun. Yeah, by the time I got to high school, I was I was pretty normal, kind of like, settled like, in, like social and stuff. And so, yeah, it was it was nice. And um, my my girlfriend was kind of a stick in the mud though. She didn't really dance. And I was like, hey, let's dance. And she goes, I don't want. It. I was like, okay, we um, go dance with some other people <laughs> if that's okay with you then. And um, I wasn't really like a party. I didn't. My parents were pretty strict and stuff though. So friends just came over to my house afterwards, and we. We like cooked some steaks and had like a sleepover and just chilled and sounds very mature. It wasn't like wild or anything. Yeah, no, like <laughs> smoking weed in the hot tub or no, no. That's that's the the group of children I grew up with. Children. Yeah, I don't mean <laughs> to say that I grew up around. So you know what I'm saying. I'm picturing you. You're you, you, you 16 and you're hanging out with a bunch yeah, of eight no, year olds. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. I wasn't at like the daycare center hanging. I'm saying that the the, the the my friends. Yeah. Uh, we were all not into the into big drinkers. I'm sure some of them drank a little bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> but uh, and not, there was not a lot of that. Was kind of what defined that group. Yeah, they weren't like straight edge or whatever you call them. But we didn't partake in that kind of stuff. It wasn't wild parties. Yeah, but um, yeah, we we just had a nice time of it and had a, had our supper, <laughs> and then uh, did a little dancing, uh-huh. and then uh, all slept over uh, out of a, a fella's father had a train set in the basement, and uh, just. We all slept around that big old train set. And I wish you'd ended the it. world ahead of us. You're like, you're like, didn't no drinking, no partying, just had a, a nice old time, and then all went to bed and had an orgy. <laughs> just all fucked each other in ways the human body is even not meant to be used. <laughs> Linda was double jointed. Boy, did we take advantage of that. Oh, Doogie. You know, I don't do the blue material. That's why I don't... I don't <laughs> I don't talk about all the things that happened to me as a kid. But uh, now, uh, also, you don't meet too many Doogies. You don't. That's pretty... You're one of uh, 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 three. Now, you would be the third person I mm-hmm. know. Uh, the first one, we made uh, drink some pond water at camp. That was Doogie number one. Oh, the other one, we went into business selling um, adhesive patches for liquor. Huh. Like they have with the nicotine. You can get an adhesive liquor patch. Well, it, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't go work. Ahead. <laughs> I was pretty, like, I'm gonna get some of those. <laughs> you, can get, you can get pretty messed up with yeah, was, twenty of those on your oh, leg. Yeah. If they so, had those, nobody would use it to quit drinking. They would no, use it to facilitate exactly the problem. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny idea. <laughs> but is that a family name, Doogie? It's um, it's Welsh. Mm. So, and my family has like Scottish and Welsh heritage, and so it's. There's nobody else in my family named Doogie, but that's why I got that name because it's it's common in Wales. My middle name is Ryland, which is also a Welsh name. Oh. And, and that's spelled R Y L L T S T I R T T. Wait, what? In the proper Welsh uh, oh, spelling. Oh, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever go over there to Wales? No, I've never been there. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I've heard. Doogie, I want you to go. All right, let's. There's a nice donut place I can recommend. That's 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 what the it's worth the trip for, for nothing. Absolutely, else, go over to Aberystwyth. Okay. And uh, spelled like it sounds. <laughs> go to Aberystwyth. <laughs> Spell the way it's. <laughs> and a little seaside place, and there's got a senior group that sings songs out into the ocean, and then a little carved under a castle ruin. And there's a fresh donuts every day and an electric tram that takes you up to the top of the... It's a beautiful place over there. What the fuck are we doing here? I don't know. You ever think that? You (laughs) hear about a place like that and you're like, jeez. He's Queens. They chop down a tree and then carve it into a canoe and then that's how they get to work every day? (laughs) Fuck. What 
what am I doing? And you went to Tyler. Yep. A great art school. Continuing on your biography here a little bit before we get into the present day. Before we get into the hard and, questions. Uh, uh, how did you get in there? Did, you get a, did they have to test? You had to draw a bicycle or something? Uh, they, what do they do? So they have a portfolio. It's mostly based on your portfolio. They, they yeah. look at your... <laughs> They look at your grades and stuff, but, like, it's art school, so as long as you're not a complete idiot. A lot of gals with dreadlocks over there? Not a ton. No. It wasn't super artsy. I mean, I, I guess it was. It wasn't? I mean, I'm, a, I'm an artist, so <laughs> my idea of super artsy is... It was great when I got there, like... Like, like when I was in, uh, you know, grade school and high school, like, I was always considered a little weird, and I always felt, like, a little weird. Yeah. And then I got to art school, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> more people, they're just, like... A little right. more like me, you know? Yeah. Like, in just, like, subtle ways. Just, like, temperament or interest and things like that. Some quiet loners there. Yeah, and yeah. just, you know, people that are, I don't know, you know, the stuff I was into. <laughs> but it wasn't a lot of weird, you know, if you looked at them, most of them looked like, you know, normal people, I guess. There were some wing nuts. Yeah. My friend walked, he refused to wear shoes. Oh, He walked barefoot everywhere, and everyone called him the barefoot ninja. Oh. And he started a softball team. The, yeah? What was it called? I don't know. Barefoot Ninjas? Yeah, no. I don't remember. <laughs> they would play softball in the yard. and That's probably easier on the feet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had to invent activities where yeah. he could go to the grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he started a Japanese tea house. And, uh... But yeah, it was, it was great. It was great, to, it was great going there. You had a, a good time there. Yeah. A little experimenting, probably. I did no experiment. I did no partying. I was a graph designer, so like, uh, I was yes. I continued my squareness. Um, no drinking, <laughs> no drugs. I other friends there, like the painters or the glass blowers, they would. Oh, you, do. you don't have to tell me about yeah. glass blowers. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Sometimes the furnace wasn't even on. You know what I mean? Do you, you know what I mean? Down the end of that hall. Because I spent some time up there at the Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, did you? Yes, I pursued better school a, than Tyler. I pursued. Heard. Well, I don't. I'm not saying that. I don't. I was in the continuing education program for mold oh, okay. making, and but uh, I'm saying RISD is considered a very good school. I don't get into the rating. It's all a personal experience, isn't it? Mm. Yes, it's considered a good school. Yes, yeah. I think it is a good school. I would say that for me, it was a wonderful time there, <laughs> and uh, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying I get it, and I've been over to the, you better believe it. But then uh, I, I did get over to the graphic design, and that was a little more, that was kind of Squaresville. Yeah. But not not totally quite as squares. bad as architecture. Oh, God. Those, Those guys are people, weirdos. They're just cutting up foam core. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. All day. Yeah. That's what you did? That house is so small. <laughs> so Who's going to live in that? It'll never get built. No. No. Anyway, we wish them all well. But did you know it was going to be graphic design? Did you go in with that thrust and that's what it was going to be? Yeah. I was At the beginning, I was sort of like graphic design, illustration, and painting. Yeah. And I double majored for a while. I took a lot of painting classes. Um, but I kind of realized pretty quickly the painting wasn't my deal. Like, what I like about graphic design is you have a, you're given a problem and you have to solve it. And there's a right and a wrong answer. Now, it's not like math where there's a right and a wrong answer, but there's sort of like the point of graph design is communication. And so right. if I'm trying to tell you something, when I show you this piece and you don't receive the message I was trying to send, then I've failed. Right. As opposed to painting, it's a lot more open-ended. Like you can do whatever you want. And 
I don't know why I didn't like... There's something I didn't like about that. I think some people are more suited to that and some people aren't. And I certainly uh, I fall into the, to the latter where I just could not... Uh, it was too open. And if I, I think painting is among the hardest things because it's, well, what are you... I mean, I think sculpture is even harder, honestly, because you're competing with objects and things that have real function mm-hmm. and it, there's the element of time. And you are encountering something in a real... Anyhow, we could go on about this. But I do think that those two, because they're so open, we make whatever you want. Why would I make a cup? You already made a good cup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Graphic design, or some of those things, they give you parameters, and you have some something to move, to respond to. Yeah. Whereas I've always found, just if I sit down with an empty canvas, I need something to, to, to get going on, you know? Yeah, I don't have that much of a need to express myself. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I'm not like a complex person that needs to get their feelings out. I mean, even with comedy, it's like, it's a, it's a job. You, there's a right and a wrong answer. People have to, it has to be funny. Yeah. So I like those limitations. And that's how you structure jokes, too. There's a great beauty in crafting a perfect mm-hmm. joke. In, in the, because I think some of them are just so elegant. Mm-hmm. The, talking about your jokes that's, that's oh, oh. that you construct. <laughs> it's like, you can't out. be talking about mine. You must be t- <laughs> talking about George Carlin. <laughs> and did you get started doing stand-up during a, a school? No, I started, um, I gotta move this printer to block the glare off the polished wood floor. Um, <laughs> I didn't start, no, I started stand-up pretty late. I didn't start till I was like mid-twenties, late, late mid-twenties. Um, yeah. And you're in your fifties now. And now I'm 63. <laughs> uh, well, how old of a fellow are you? I'm 34. All right, so right in there. I didn't even realize I was uh, 34. A couple nights ago, I was at a bar with a friend, and we were talking about how like how old we are and stuff. And I told my friend, I was like, I'm not sure how old I am. I was like, I'm like 32 or 33. And he was shocked. He, you don't know how old you are. And I go, All right, look, I'll call my wife. I'll see how old I am. 34. <laughs> I was wrong. 32 or 33. Nope. Um, you don't keep that information uh, handy. You don't need it. Okay. How often do I need to know? I don't know. I and it, if I give the wrong answer, there's no... You don't like birthdays? You celebrate birthdays? Oh, I do, but I mean, I just forget. Because It happens once a year. <laughs> For me. No, well, I've heard this before. Some people, it's just not that important to, to as a thing to remember. I mean, it's not important at all. Like, there's no practical application. Why do I need to know how old I am? You know what I mean? And like I said, even if you ask me and I tell you the wrong number, there's no ramifications, there's no consequences sure. for getting it wrong. It's not like my phone number where if I give you the wrong one, you can't call me. Right. You know? But there is, a, there, is a, there is an answer. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you want to talk about the nature of time and its plasticity, we can... <clears throat> I go by the Mayan calendar, so... Um... Well, okay. All right. I've been watching that Cosmos program. Oh, that? yeah, I've heard about it. I you had to get down on the cosmic calendar. You had to change scale. Oh. Yeah, it gets pretty Ooh, pretty wow. intense. <laughs> it's worth having a little bottle of something and cozying up to the uh, DVR. Yeah, I'll check it out. that, definitely. And, uh, but, so early on, and I don't know how long this extended, but you performed in some, as people do, in some unusual places. Yeah. I read you were in a hoagie shop. Oh, yeah. The, the. And, and how is Hoagie Shop different than every restaurant in Philadelphia? This interview's over. <laughs> uh, they can take it. They can take it. It was funny because this place was like, they were actually like, they're like, we're not a Hoagie Shop. We It's Zepps. That was their big thing. They're like, it's not a Hoagie, it's yeah. a Zepp. Yeah. 
and they were, they were very proud of it. And they keep telling if you call it a hoagie, they're like, get out. Um, and I was like, okay, so what's, what's the difference between a hoagie and a zep? And they're like, well, a zep only has one kind of meat and there's no lettuce. And I'm like, oh, so it's a shitty hoagie. So it's a hoagie. <laughs> Same with New Orleans and the Po' Boys. It's a hoagie. Deep fried hoagie. Yeah, but it's still, yeah. I mean, it's a long. But are all sandwiches hoagies? No. no, not like a turkey club wouldn't be. No, hoagie is the roll. Anything Hoagie's inside a, a hoagie inside roll. A little, like a sub roll. I yeah. don't call it a submarine. Sandwich. Or a submarine, yeah. 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 But that's a... Uh, or a hero. Right. right. Um, Any of that for you would be a hoagie. I love that phrase, a uh, hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. That's great. <laughs> I love it, too. Um, but yeah, the hoagie shop, that was not so good. It wasn't, it wasn't awful. Got a free hoagie. Sometimes the smell of hoagies is what deter me. Oh, the lunch meat? That, like a hoagie shop that full cold, of different lunch yeah. meats. Like Subway. I don't like going in there. It smells like <laughs> that sound of like two pieces of wet meat being <laughs> smacked together. <clears throat> That's right. It should smell like fresh baked bread. That's what a good hoagie shop smells like. Yes. Yeah. And no, there. I will say, the thing that makes, you know, because you come here, you ever try to have a Philly cheesesteak here or mm. anywhere outside of Philadelphia? It's inedible. It's, it's, to, it's totally wrong. They, cause they put the, the I don't know they put peppers always put too many peppers in there you don't need to have the peppers in there for every single thing no. not like diced peppers number one yeah. and number two the roll is always wrong you got to have that good like, amorosa or whatever the right roll is yeah that's what really makes it is the is the roll sings it's the bread that's the so important you're right part. it should smell like bread but uh, yeah I might I'm gonna make that sound of two uh, two pieces of meat slapping my ringtone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ugh, what oh, the fuck is... Who, what kind of sandwich is calling me? <laughs> um, but uh, the, as we said, it is a, it is it can be kind of a tough place audience-wise, though. And so it's not uh, not surprising to me that you kind of developed a little bit of a reputation and on a global scale mm-hmm. for handling hecklers because you were in the, like, in the uh, Coliseum, you know? I yeah. Mean, like, you were having to deal with some... The audiences in Philadelphia, notoriously difficult for comedy. I mean, getting back to that, I, I didn't really... I, I find audiences in New York a lot harder really? than audiences in, in the, Philly. In the, in the big rooms and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because I'm used to Philly audiences. And those are mostly out-of-towners and mostly from Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, they're also <laughs> still all from Philadelphia. Or Jersey. Well, a lot of the New York crowds are tourists or... I mean, a lot of the rooms I do in Brooklyn, it's like they're kind of like hipsters and... So they're like very specific crowds. Or yeah. I feel like even if you're, even if you're, if they're just like native New Yorkers here, like New Yorkers are very specific people. Yeah. Um, so I don't, but maybe it's just that I'm used to Philadelphia crowds, but I didn't find Philadelphia crowds that tough. Now, having said that, I did get heckled a lot in <laughs> right. Philadelphia. Very verbally, very vocal right. um, heckles. Um, but I didn't mind that. I mean, it's like, it's, a res- it's, it's better what, than... What was that? What was it? What do you think was behind that? Did they do it to everybody, or was it just they saw you and they said, oh, I'm going to pick on this guy? I got heckled more than my other friends. Uh-huh. Um, and there were a couple reasons. First of all, it's because there were long pauses between my jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I not, I don't do, like, a constant patter. I'll tell a joke, and I you will wait. fill all the space. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wait ten seconds, whether you're laughing or not. Like that is the time between the jokes, um, and I come out like, and I don't come out with a lot of confidence. Like I intentionally don't. I don't like comedians that come out and they're like, "Hey, I'm cool and I'm the man." Like I like coming out humbly. Yes. 
And a lot of people take advantage of that. They're like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not scared of this guy. Right. Um, and then I will also say I, I like... I don't like being heckled because it's annoying because it interrupts my set. But when someone does heckle me, I like dealing with them because I hate... Like, you should not be allowed to get away with that. And so I'm, I've, I have a passion for putting people in their place when they when they disrupt the show. Hey, hey, Toby. For, for, in, for instance, <laughs> Toby's playing the part yeah, of the heckler. Toby's heckling right now. Hey, I'm going to bring you in here if you don't stop. Good boy. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and memorably, you, uh, just speaking of the... <laughs> this mother... <laughs> hey. You can deal with it. Nice. I'm getting a real taste of it now. Yeah, yeah. It happens in the, in, the, in the clubs. That's it. By the way, we're pairing the podcast uh, today with some uh, nice uh, black coffee okay. uh, that Doogie has made. Okay. The troublemaker has been brought in <laughs> and calmed. Amazing how you did that. Well, that's how you, how you uh, that. control the crowd, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's how to handle hecklers. Yep. Uh, with Doogie. Um, but then you went on this um, America's Got Talent show. Mm-hmm. Is it still on? Is that program still on? Yes. America's still got talent. America still has... <laughs> they're like, ooh, bad news. Well, and I'm sorry. I apologize that this is old news. I know this happened, what, a couple years ago? Yeah. So was that a dare to go on the show? How did you, how did you think even to go on that thing? So Helium, uh, which is the comedy club in Philly that I was at all the time, they told people that America's Got Talent was going to be doing auditions, and they said, if you want to audition, we can get you in so you don't have to wait in line. Ah. And so I had never seen the show before. I didn't know anything about it, but I was like, yeah, sure. It's pretty much in the name. Yeah, yeah, I can figure it out. <laughs> um, so I just went and auditioned, and it just kept going. And the show itself is like uh, people dress in glow-in-the-dark outfits and dance, yeah. or they uh, juggle flaming bowling balls yeah. or whatever it is. Crazy and, uh, shit. Like somebody that's real homely will sing a beautiful song. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Ugly people ugly singing people pretty. Had beautiful voices. And uh, you got the judges there and then they, they, res- they vote to keep you in and then there's an audience component I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the audience votes. So you walk out and they do the same thing that you were talking about. They, yep. they you, you, You're not... You know, putting a lot out there to begin with. You got some solid jokes, and the audience turns on you. Yeah, and they start booing you or get wanting you to get off. But then you, you turn it around, don't you? And you mm-hmm. keep going after them. Yeah. And what's happening at that moment for you? Well, so was, you just think I've got nothing left to lose. I could just make fun of these people. Well, exactly. It's like I waited for like eight hours or whatever. You know what I mean? I drove to New York. Waiting to go on. I mean, they were waiting a long time, too. It was a, I was the second to last person on the show, so it had been like a four-hour show. Primo spot. Yeah, yeah. They're ready to leave. They're like, how <laughs> do we get this guy out of here? What was on before you? What was the, the group? Do you remember? As you're waiting in the wings there. It might have been a comedy... A Sarah Palin, a musical Sarah Palin thing with a guy in a bear suit. Sounds right. I know they were... Those guys were on the show. <laughs> Maybe some kind of music or something. Might have been the Sarah Dancing Sarah. Might have been the Dancing Sarah Palins. Okay. All right. So they set you up nicely. Yeah, yeah. So perfect. <laughs> Crowd's nice and warm. Um, you still tour with them? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, good friends. Uh, 
And so, yeah, it was just like they're booing me and, you know, it's like I said, it's personal. They're like, we don't like you. I said, okay, well, you know, I don't like you either. And I'm not going to leave, you know, uh, you know, fuck you. (laughs) They're like, fuck you. All right, fuck you. Hey, there you go. We got that in common. We both hate each other. Let me tell you something else. You think you're so great. Oh, we're judges. You're not funny. How the hell would you know? I've been here for 10 seconds. Right. I only get 60 seconds. Just wait. Just wait. And then boo me at the end. How about that? Probably giving voice to what a lot of people would like to say. Yeah. In that situation. But you can. No. Yeah. Well, yes. But I, it, often you'd be overcome by nerves or whatever is going on. I think maybe yeah, yeah. somebody with less confidence. And, and you, you have told me how like kind of uh, um, confident you are in, you, in who you are from an early age. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is how I see the world. I'm going to go forward with this. Mm-hmm. I don't need a lot of extra stuff. I'm, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't... you went out there and you made the choice and then they got invited back. Yeah. The judges said, you know what? You handled it well. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave you the little extra time. And Howie Mandel was on there. Mm-hmm. Did you have to... He had a cartoon, right? Remember when he was big? Oh, yeah. He, it was um, Bobby's wow. World. Bobby's World. Yeah. yeah. Had the whole cartoon. Just him doing different voices. Was yeah, that yeah. based on his life? I, I don't recall. I don't know. I'm not having Was that an adult all. cartoon? Or was <laughs> like, like so a... tell me, how did you... I watched it when I was an adult. Yeah. I remember. I think it was supposed to be for kids, but it was... I can't remember if it was like a Saturday morning kind of a deal or if it was a, like an HBO kind of a thing. I think it existed in the Twilight world of cartoons where, <laughs> you know, there was a wide age range. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Uh, do you have to? You, what, do you have to like film promos with him or anything? Do you have a lot of time? Can no. Give you any advice? No. They can't because they're judges. They could. They don't care. They don't. They're there to do their job. Yeah, yeah. And you're there to do yours. Yeah, yeah. People would always ask me. They're like, "Oh, what was it like hanging out with or them?" <laughs> or they're like, "Oh, were you surprised that Piers Morgan didn't like you?" And I'm like, "No, it's a. He doesn't like anyone. That's he doesn't his, like himself. His shtick. It's like I'm like it's a TV show. Like right. it's real." But at the same time, it's like the judges aren't going to hang out with you. They don't give a shit. No, no, no. They're doing, like I said, that's they're showing up to do something. Yeah. Based on some idea of who they actually are. Can I can I say one thing though about yeah. the, the the audience booing me? And you were talking about my confidence. Yeah. I would say I'm not confident in myself. Like I don't have a lot of confidence in myself, but I have a lack of confidence in other people. <laughs> like that's that's what it is you know what uh, I mean it's like when I'm on stage and you're booing me it's not that I think you're great it's not that I think I'm great it's just that I don't think you're great either I don't think you're some like infallible judge of character right you know what I mean so like I don't necessarily think I'm great but I don't necessarily think that other people are also qualified to judge me some are not better than others yeah yeah No. I, well I think that that's what I was trying to get at by saying confidence but it's a, a sense of self is what I mean and a sense of self that is no greater than the other person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give that to you, and you don't need to give it back to me. But if you start, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to call you on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not judging. I don't yeah. judge other people, so don't judge me. You know. It's just that smiley face <laughs> with the with a straight line across it. Like I'm on a talent show <laughs> where the whole point is to be judged. I'm like, hey, 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 <laughs> don't, judge, don't me. judge me. Well, this is a okay. Uh, <laughs> is this is a jury. I'm like talking to the. I'm a, I'm on trial. I'm like, what? Uh, what are you guys, a jury? They're like, well, he did murder somebody. Ah. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, and that happened. And of course, riches followed. Movie deals, book deals, yep. etc. Yep. 
Well, maybe some book deals. Did it become easier to get the books? No, I already had my... You already had your book out. I already had... Oh, no, I didn't... Uh, everything explained through flowcharts wasn't out yet, but I already had... I was already working on it. Because you were still going along with your job, and still, mm -hmm. to, to, to this day, have your graphic design work that you're doing. Yeah, although I quit my job. The, to move here, so that's why your wife had to have a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons we stayed in Philly so long is because I loved uh, my job. I was the art director at Quirk Books, and I just, like, loved it, and so... What kind of thing do they turn out? Books. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Are they quirky? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, they our publishing has changed. I see. I still call it ours. I'm still like, hey, I still work there. Yeah. Um, I mean, our most famous recent books are Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, which are both humorous novels. Are uh, Miss Peregrine isn't humorous, but it's unusual. It's an unusual format. It has a lot of photographs and design elements in it. And very visual books. I mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so our books are very visual, and they're kind of unusual. And we do... We're, now we're doing more novels. We used to do primarily, like, humor mm -hmm. or how-to. And your thing with the flowcharts, did that start with an online uh, deal, or you were just designing the... The uh, flow... Oh, good. I just want it was it a personal it's a personal side project thing that you had yeah. going on, but what was the outlet for that prior prior to the book? I was um, I started doing charts because uh, when I started doing stand up, I noticed that every, uh, a lot of people told jokes about similar subjects, <laughs> and I didn't understand why you would do that, and I was a little <laughs> I, I just I was weird, and so I wanted to critique it. And so I did a, my first chart was a universal comedy flow chart. Mm -hmm. And it was just all of the, it was the solar system of subjects that people gravitate towards. And um, that was fun. And so then I just started doing more. And then and I, that breaks everything up into like, a, a, a take my wife kind of a thing, or like I'm having trouble with my relationship to uh, uh, maybe African American and, and, and white people are different, black people and white people are different. <laughs> yeah, you try to arrange it in groups so there was like deprecation. Yeah. So saying something sucks and then there's saying other people suck and then they're saying that I suck. So it's basically like critique or deprecation. There's differences. So that talks about the differences between men or women, various races, um, different things, you know what I mean? It's all comedy in one handy chart. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you're somebody starting out, you could pick it up. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> While also lacking a kind of sense yeah. of, of self or uh, yeah. uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably a <laughs> good thing. It's probably a benefit having a life. And then you, you apply that to many other different subjects and then put out a, a book. Yeah. Heavy metal band names, fears, action movie heroes, horror movie villains, um, Zeppelin warfare. Any subject you could imagine, probably yeah. Yeah. rendered in flowchart mm -hmm. form. Yeah. And that's still available. It is still available. <laughs> but did it exist it has online been banned. too or no? Because it, like, it has a high... Is it online as well? Because there's a high no. like viral uh, uh, content for some of those. Yeah, things. yeah. I didn't really put it online too much. I'm not good with like... Computers. <laughs> no, I am. But I just don't care about... Like I should be better at like that kind of promotion stuff. Somebody emailed me and they said they bought the ebook version of it. And they're like, it's shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't even... I've never even seen it. So I got like... 
call the publisher, I guess. Got to take a look into that. Yeah. And you have another one that recently, Hundred Ghosts, Thousand Ghosts. How many ghosts are there? <laughs> thousand Ghosts. That makes now that makes a hundred ghosts seem like it's uh, not such a great, uh, not not as such a good. I book. didn't mean to diminish uh, uh, what you've accomplished. Hundreds a lot. Ghosts. It's a no, lot of it's ghosts. It's a lot of ghosts. It's a lot of ghosts. And they're drawings of various different kinds of ghosts. You take the basic mm-hmm. template of the sheet, yes. the holes, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you run with it from there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's an illustrated book, and it's all sorts of different types of sheet ghosts. And when I saw you, catch we're almost up to the present. <laughs> when I saw you, uh, you were reading from Wikipedia Brown? Yeah. So th- what is that, from a collection of short stories or something? I just, yeah, I just did that. Um, I don't think that's published anywhere. I mean, it was on McSweeney's website. I don't think it's in any books. Um, and that, yeah, it's just that's a, taking the insight. Go ahead, go ahead to, to say what that is. Oh, yeah, it's a short story about you know Encyclopedia Brown, but this character is Wikipedia Brown, kid detective. It's a kid detective, yeah. and so he uses uh, his iPhone to solve different cases. But he's kind of like an asshole. The way I feel, the internet has turned most children into assholes are constantly he's always got his phone he's always <laughs> quick with an answer he's ignoring you and they're on their phone <laughs> texting someone and... well it's so great because and I think the short story of the short form suits you so well too because you're able to to have these concise bits which are very funny and unto themselves but then there's an arc that builds mm-hmm. between all of them so you pepper it with this little you know, uh, meta narrative that's happening there. Is it meta? I don't know, but a larger narrative that, yeah. that flows through the whole thing, and it's just it's it's great. So yeah, on McSweeney's is the only place to catch that. I think so. Yeah, if you Google Wikipedia Brown, you'll you'll find it. All right, on McSweeney's, it's it's the funniest. If there's other people out there doing Wikipedia Brown, disregard. somebody else mentioned that. Somebody tweeted, they're like, "Has anyone done Wikipedia Brown?" And someone re- replied to them, they're like, "Yeah." Aunt Doogie Horner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think B.J. Novak had something that he was doing. Oh, really? But it's not... It's not uh... Is it Wikipedia Brown? Yeah. Damn it! Well, I will say this. From what I BJ! saw... BJ! From what I saw... Does he listen to this? He'll probably write in and he can clear it up. BJ. But uh, what he was doing was not quite as rich and textured as what you had put out there. So I'm going to give you the edge in the Wikipedia Brown off. It's the thing with the, the internet these days, anything you do, like I have a character, Andrew Nice Clay, I do, and and the, some other people have it too, and um, yeah, it's a thing, it's a problem. It's a problem, well, yeah. I mean, Andrew Dice Clay that's, that's does it also. a while. Yeah, yeah, that's not new. <laughs> well, I mean, just Dice. I have this thing called Andrew. Rappin' Rodney, turns out Rodney Dangerfield also has a similar character. <laughs> yeah, I think if you pull the, pull the, <laughs> the source material yeah. a little closer... Yeah, uh, that hasn't had the benefit of 20, 30 oh, years sorry. of people I shouldn't, thinking I shouldn't about it. Spoof. Did Caesar show a shows? Uh. <laughs> You're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Either farther back or, or, or much closer. I got this character called the Smothers Brothers, and they they murder uh, people uh, by smothering in in hospitals by smothering with pillows. And it turns out that there's a real life murderer doing the same thing. And I'm just like, uh, uh, again. <laughs> You found out about that on Twitter, too. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why they were banned. They were pulled off the air. Oh, my God. No, you're not saying that the actual Smothers Brothers were murderers. I'm not correct. <laughs> I am not saying that. I just want to be clear. Also, some of my listeners. Can people see me winking <laughs> on the podcast? Well, so now, generally it seems that, like, so far, New York, so good. 
Yeah, so far it's so good. I gotta get used to it. I'm really negative. I'm a very negative person. I feel bad about it, especially in interviews. People ask me. I feel like you people ask positive questions, and I'm just really negative. I mean, so far I I don't really like New York. Yeah, but it's just because like I hate moving. Like I was in Philadelphia for, I mean. 15 years or something you know what i mean and i got all my spots this is my donut shop this is my right. pizza place this is my art store this is my bookstore and i just got to get used to you know i gotta find my gotta get into the groove i gotta it takes you know. at least a year to just even know where some stuff is and then i think after multiple years you say okay i got it yeah yeah i got it enough to function yeah like yeah i just don't want to be lost anymore i'm finally like getting used to you know like i've for most of my time here, I have to like constantly check my phone. I'm like, okay, what sub do I get on? How do I get here? Yeah. And now I'm finally getting used to. I don't have to. I just know, like, oh, I'll take the seven to the one or the, you know, like. So I think I'll feel yeah. a lot better once I just get all that. I've only used to recently that figured that out. <laughs> the, the, the seven to the one, that whole. Just all the yeah. which line to take if you want to go to this place. Now I see. Yeah, yeah. It's all very simple if you just pay attention to it for yeah. longer than a second that you need to get to the next place. But. Um, you know, there is some, some real attention paid to making it convenient. But uh, <laughs> I remember an early trip here. I was at the at the Guggenheim Museum. I said, oh, I'll walk, I'll walk down to grab the subway. From there, I walked all the way down Fifth Avenue looking for a subway entrance. There's no subway entrance on that street until you get, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's not. But a block over on 6, there's one. <laughs> I could have been... I had new shoes on too. You ever go on a long walk in new shoes uh, with the blisters? It's the worst. It was painful, Doogie. It was I can't painful. Think of anything worse? <laughs> was there an earthquake anywhere in the world today? No. <laughs> not that compared to this, not, that's for yeah. sure. And so you got some shows coming up? Yeah, uh, I'm opening for Maria Bamford in Bethlehem. Wow, my hometown. That'll be really fun. That'll be fun. She's great, isn't she? Uh, she's incredible. You spend time with her? Lots. No. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll be opening for Bridget Everett um, in Philly. She's very funny. I just saw her oh, really? the other night. Yep. Uh, I went over there to the Murray Hill show. Oh, she, I love she Murray Hill. The, Murray's great and a great friend of this show. And uh, Neil met Champagne Jerry was on there too, doing their thing. And uh, my goodness, Bridget just... I, I was glad I wasn't in a, a, a row closer. <laughs> you know, I had that aisle seat, and I thought, I'm going to get a face full of Bridget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the poncho seats. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a stunner. Well, that's going to be great. That's good. So that's the 22nd. So Maria Banford is the 20th. That's in Bethlehem. Bridget is the 22nd. That's at the Prince Music Theater in Philly. I'm going to be with Nick Thune at Good Nights, April 4th through the 6th. Um, so this show's coming up. Coming up, and most of it's on your website. I don't post my schedule on my good, website. Good. Keep, <laughs> it to, keep it to the keep it to the end of podcast. Everybody keeps telling me they're like, put your schedule on your website, and I should. But honestly, the reason I don't do it is because sometimes I feel self conscious. Sometimes I don't have shows coming up that I want that I feel good about or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I've had a couple of sh- times people come to a show and they're like. I'm, a, I'm, I'm like, it's like a horrible show. Like, it's a show that's supposed to be packed and, like, nobody's there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. You got 15 people. It's going to be awful. And then someone will come up to me and they'll be like, hey, I'm a big fan. Looking forward to the show. And I go, oh, f-. You know, and I feel all this pressure. And so, like, I don't want to put my schedule up until I've got, like, a lot of shows, you know, until I feel yeah. confident. Like, okay, my schedule is packed. These are all good shows. Yeah. 
I don't know. Well, the the three that you just told me about are outstanding. Yeah, but like this is unusual <laughs> that I have this many good shows. You know, and like that. I mean, those aren't till like you know, you know, end of March, and I don't. know. I just wow. feel self conscious that people are gonna look at my schedule and be like, look at this, look at all these gaps in these schedule. What a shitty schedule. Well, we want to see you, Doogie. That's the point. We want to see you out there. We want to see you succeeding, and we want to be able to enjoy it with you. Thank you, uh, Dale. Because uh, you're 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 doing great things, and don't don't. Just let people know where you're going to be. That's all. all right. Otherwise, you got to flip through. I don't know what the back of a village well, voice I or tweet. something. Well, I tweet. I'll tweet. I'll say, "Hey, I'm going to be here okay. tonight." Okay. <laughs> that was an okay. There's a way you can say the word okay that clearly means not okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Then I have I'm to right. monitor my Twitter feed for once, or I set up a list that's just you. Nobody's got time for that. I don't have time for that. But if you put it there in your website, which is a handsome website too, by the way. Thank you. And just go on there, and then it's, it's, it's there. Okay. I have to. I have to do the same thing. We got a show April second. Mm-hmm. Do you have a schedule on your website? I do for the for the. I usually put two dates ahead. Oh, okay. I do monthly shows, so it's a little easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plug it in. Yeah. You just do it, then I take a little break. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the thing. But April second, we're going to be back at the Pit in New York City and um, the, uh, the Underground with a, a great show full of. Uh, you know, I mean, we're calling it a media savvy ladies' night, but I think all ladies are media savvies. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Phoebe Robinson is going to be on oh. there uh, uh, from Blaria, and uh, she's been was on Broad City too. We have uh, Olivia Scott of the Olivia Scott Sketch Program, uh, Liz Dansico. She's the head of the uh, School of Visual Arts uh, grad program in interactive media, and also NPR's new creative director. Oh. How about that? And Maris Kreitzman of the blog uh, Slaughterhouse Nine Hundred Two and which is going to be a book, and the Cocoon Central Dance Team is going to be doing a performance with Steve O'Reilly. That's 8 o'clock, and all the information is up there on DaleRadio.com. But, uh, Doogie, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for, and Toby, (laughs) for providing an erotic undercurrent there of licking and heavy breathing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That I hope the mic picks up. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, But this is great, and I wish you all the success in the world. Thank you, Dale. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Now, till next time, I'll be selling my own line of Amish quilts made using the drunken podcaster pattern, which resembles several empty whiskey bottles stacked end to end. Now, let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written and produced by James Bewley. Original music by Steve O'Reilly. The intro theme to Season 6 is composed and performed by Katie Mullins. Season 6 podcast icon by Sunil Manchikanti. Posters and logo treatment for the live shows by Daniel Spencer Levine. Hey, why not rate and review us on iTunes or you can listen to me on Stitcher Radio. Stream anytime. For the latest, follow me on Twitter, at Dale Radio, or find us on Facebook. You're the best.